A players are A players for a reason, right? And they are smart. And in the interview process and getting to know the team, they'll feel that, they'll see it. And so you're right, it is like a repellent. It's very challenging to place really great people in places that are not a great place to work. You're listening to the Profit by Design podcast, episode 29. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question, what has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling, the business psychologist, the author of How to Hire the Best, and your co-host on the Profit by Design podcast. Weekly, my co-host, Mike Bruno, and I bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real-life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. Hey, profit designers. Do you know there are certain things you can be focusing on in your business that set your business up to be 200 to 10,000% more profitable than your peers in the same industry? Do I have your attention now? That's pretty intriguing, isn't it? What are those things? Well, it's driving loyalty. Loyalty among your top customers and clients and loyalty among your best team members. We talk about how to drive loyalty at our Breakthroughs on the Bayou four-week vacation retreats. And our four-week vacation legacy retreat is already getting scheduled and filled up for March 2020. That's right. It looks like we only have about six spots remaining. So if you want to get in on all this goodness and join myself and my co-host Mike Michalowicz and about 24 other high-level entrepreneurs who are leaning in and supporting each other, sharing School of Hard Knocks experiences and best practices while we drive loyalty in our businesses and set our businesses up to be sustainable so that we don't have to be in the middle of our business and we can take four-week vacations, six-week vacations, two-month vacations, and we actually have someone who's working their way completely out of the day-to-day in their business. So if you want to be a part of that, now's the time to get your application in. You will have access, if we accept you, you will have access to super early bird savings that is not listed on the website, and you'll be saving about $1,500 on your retreat registration. Go to fourweekvacation.com. And while you're there, check out my free four-week vacation jumpstart guide to get you off to getting your business ready for a four-week vacation. Hey, Profit Designers. On today's episode, you get to listen in on a conversation that Mike and I have with Erin Longmoon of Zephyr Recruiting. Now, before you tune out because you hear the word recruiter, I want to let you know Erin is different. You're going to love her and she's got a solution that is going to help you if you have any hiring challenges. This episode is going to be of great interest to you. So Erin is the chief idea officer and overseer of the realm at Zephyr Recruiting. She started Zephyr Recruiting because in her previous company as a business consultant and coach for small businesses, she constantly encountered clients who needed support building strong 
strong, connected dream teams, but who could not afford traditional recruiters. Can you relate? She gets very worked up about the little guy not getting what the big guy has. So she came up with a solution and that's how Zephyr Recruiting was born. Erin's magical powers include empathy and the ability to read people knowing what's underneath the facade, which is very important in the recruiting process, and coming up with new and awesome ideas and solutions to problems. And she's also excellent at making a perfectly cooked filet mignon. Boy. So here we are, Mike. We've got Aaron with us today. Aaron Longmoon from Zephyr Recruiting. Hello. Awesome. Hey, Aaron. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? We're, We're good. good. We are so excited to hear about the solutions that you have for small business owners. I know that you recently helped one of my clients tremendously, and I'm so excited about what you offer and how you're different than the typical recruiting firm. So we're going to dive into that later on, but I want to kind of go back with you and get to know you as a person first. And I understand from looking at your bio that you've had five businesses. That is correct. I'm oh my goodness. And entrepreneur. You, <laughs> and you used to be a business coach and consultant before you transitioned into That's right. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, what's going on here with these five businesses. I bet you have learned some life lessons from that. Oh my gosh, definitely. And I think I'm still figuring out what all of those are in hindsight. But yeah, I've kind of been entrepreneurial my whole life. But you know, as most people, when I got out of college, I went down a more traditional career path of working for a corporation and a couple of small businesses. And I really found that I just wanted to do everything my way. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right? That doesn't sound like an entrepreneur at all. At all. So, yeah, exactly. And also, I was unfortunate. You know, it's an interesting story. I felt at the time that I was always sort of striking out on finding a great place to work. I just really had a hard time finding places that I enjoyed or that were, had a great culture that I fit into, or maybe a boss that was a good leader, whatever the case may be. And what's interesting is in hindsight now, I see how much that built up my path to be where I am now. So, which I can expand upon a little bit, but so uh, the other piece of being an entrepreneur is a couple of different times when we had economic downturns, I often found that there just weren't a lot of positions available. So I would just create my own jobs, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs do to start. You know, so to get myself through college, for example, I became a house cleaner. And then shortly after that, I found myself with five employees and too many clients to deal with. <laughs> ah. Right. So that kind of a scene where it just kind of blossomed into its own business without me really trying. So that was one of them. And then, yeah, I've tried a few different things along the way. And here I am now with my fifth and hopefully the charm. Yeah. So tell you said you were going to dig in a little bit there about the great places to work. Tell us a little more about that. So my mission, as you know, we all go through this process, I think, as we mature in life of figuring out what our mission, you know, why are we here? What's our main mission in, you know, work? our career, sometimes even our life. And so I've been honing in on that over the last you know, five years or so. And I really have found that my mission is to eradicate toxic workplaces. Ooh. And yeah. Yeah. It's something that I'm so deeply passionate about. And I realized I was passionate about it, you know, now in hindsight, like I said, going all the way back to my, you know, first, second job. 
And because if I worked at a place where I didn't feel either people were being respected or people weren't being utilized to their highest strengths or there wasn't good leadership, whatever the case may be, I was the person who would just leave. You know, to me, it wasn't worth it. And at the time, it looked maybe like I was, you know, not making very smart decisions. But I realize now it's because that's a core value of mine. You know, it's really honed in on immutable laws and those core values that I know you talk about a lot. And so do I. And so it's kind of led me down this path of now I own this recruiting company. And that's what our mission is all about. Even though it's recruit, like we're doing it through the recruiting channel, there's all sorts of different channels to help eradicate toxic workplaces. But our channel is recruiting. And a part of that has to do with we are committed to finding the best fit for our clients. Well, that goes a long way. I really relate to this on so many levels because that's exactly how I came to be so passionate about creating great places to work is that I had worked in multiple toxic environments and I had also worked in one or two really healthy cultures. And I was so struck by the contrast of what it feels like as a team member to go in to work every single day in a toxic environment versus a healthy environment. And what I was really blown away and struggled with is that those toxic environments that I was working in, in the mental health arena, run by psychiatrists and psychologists. And I thought, if we can't get ourselves together, how are we helping other people? Like this, we're a train wreck as we're trying to help other people. And so that's when I started and it, you left. I think that was probably a very healthy thing. I stayed and I tried to fix the culture and I stayed for probably three years. And that was a losing battle. And I eventually, that led me to research just how long it takes to turn a toxic culture around. And it's years. It's like at least eight years for that to happen. And that's when I left, when I had that realization. So, wow. But wow. I love how you're recruiting. Yes. You're using the recruiting channel to do that. Yes. I was going to say, so do you find that, I think that's a super interesting you know, core value and just that statement in itself. So do you find some business owners may have the realization that maybe they're part of the creation of the toxic workplace and as they want to recruit A players, maybe they have to tweak and change mm -hmm. their environment a little bit and or weed out some of those D or C players so mm -hmm. that the A players all thrive and the environment's, you know, a more positive environment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, to be perfectly honest, one of our other things about our target market is we try to find business owners and work with those who really value their people. So I've kind of almost by design right now have built in, you know, business owners who are not a huge part of the toxic environment, or if they are, they're already shifting that big ship like doing that process that Sabrina was just talking about. But yes, I think in looking, you know, if you're going to be honest and truthful about what's going on in your environment, in your workplace, it often starts with the owner. I mean, as painful as that can be for some people to have to face, that's almost always where it begins. And you know, you know, I think what's so interesting about that is I've worked with lots and lots of business owners who've had toxic work environments, and they have the 
absolute best of intentions. Mm -hmm. Like they genuinely want a great place to work and it's a skill set. Right. And no one's taught us this unless we've just been fortunate enough to always have great work cultures that we've worked in. No one teaches us this. And so sometimes our natural tendencies, the things that we do that we think are being nice or that are helping others are actually creating that toxic environment. Right. That's interesting. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I have seen that too. And like you, Sabrina, I did work in a couple of really fantastic places to work. And it is interesting to see that contrast in leadership, in my opinion. What comes to mind for me are the business owners who have the C or D players on their team and they're not firing them because they're concerned about those employees' families. And, you know, Mike, right? Sabrina's talking about me, by the way. No, 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 no. And so many others. I'm so guilty of it, so it's fine. You know, it's done with the intention of, I want to take care of this employee. I want to take care of the employee's families. But it's also losing sight of, well, what about your A players and their families? What's going on for their families when they're going home at night totally frustrated because they've been having to clean up after the warm body? And I know you see this in the recruiting. If you have a team full of warm bodies you might as well be spraying a player repellent all over your business because it's going to be so hard to recruit for that position. That is very true. And they, you know, A players know, A players are A players for a reason, right? And they are smart. And in the interview process and getting to know the team, they'll feel that, they'll see it. And so you're right, it is like a repellent. It's very challenging to place really great people in places that are not a great place to work. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your transition from business coaching and consulting into the recruiting. And then we'll dive more into how you help business owners recruit because that's a really interesting process. So what was going on when you made this transition? So I actually, at the time, was a business coach. I think you mentioned that a little earlier and a consultant. And I owned a different company under a different name called Sage Business Partners. And I worked with the same sort of demographic or target market, as you want to say, small business owners. And specifically, I was working with small business owners that needed to kind of systematize their processes so that they could scale up. And inevitably within that process, we would get to the point where it made sense to bring on more team members, whether it was their very first hire or their 12th or their you know, 25th, it would always lead to, we need to bring some more people on. And so I would find that these business owners either, usually it was because they didn't have the time and they didn't have a staff member dedicated to recruiting, that they would just kind of halt at that place and get stuck. And so... I would take that on or my company and my contractors, we would take on the recruiting for them. And just a quick backstory, I have also been a recruiter in previous positions. So this was not a new process for me to do recruiting. I had done it before. So it was actually quite easy for me to just say, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of this and work with my clients to come up with the job description and all those pieces. But then I would take on all the legwork of posting it and screening candidates and narrowing it down to the right fit and that kind of thing. Then, probably about two years into that company, two and a half, I decided I need my own business coach because I was just kind of ping-ponging different topics with different clients and I really needed to focus. And I had read The Pumpkin Plan and loved it. 
and just thought it was an amazing book. And it really was kind of a mind, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I need. So I reached out to Donna Lyons of the Prevendus Group and she became my business coach. And I went through the process. You know, one of the first things is, you know, who are your ideal clients? And then also looking at all these different services and figuring out what is that spot, that sweet spot between what I did well, what I enjoyed doing, what my clients needed the most and what they were willing to kind of pay for, what gave them the most value. And it turned out recruiting was really what stood out. And so I decided to pivot the entire thing and turned it into a recruiting company. And I changed the name because there's already some staffing firms out there with a similar name, Sage. So I completely changed the name, but that was more out of necessity than anything. But yeah, and it's been amazing ever since. I mean, being able to just focus on that service, right? Like I know you know this, but to be able to say, here's what we do, here's our value, and it's very focused has made it you know, so much easier to market and so much easier for our clients to understand. And I find that we're having a much bigger impact than I did as a business coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think to me, it is so freeing to be able to say, no, no, I don't do that. Yes. And this yeah. is what I do. That's a critical point. But I also yeah. know having pumpkin plan my own business and let go of certain things that it, there's a little bit of a gasp factor. It takes some courage. I mean, was there yes. ever any point where you said, oh my gosh, I don't know, I'm scared or, oh, I don't know if I really want to go in that direction? Yeah, definitely. I think I've done that with every business I've owned at one point or another, but because <laughs> it takes a lot of courage, right? To be an entrepreneur. But definitely I have with recruiting, you know, I've thought and there's sort of this, you know, you've got the startup phase, then you have this phase, what I learned is called validation, you know, where you're validating what you're doing. And to be honest, you know, like, I think I'm just kind of coming out of that. And when you enter that phase, it's kind of scary. That's when you have to really put it out there. Here's what I do. And are people going to respond? Are people going to understand what you're trying to do, the value you bring, and are they willing to pay for that? Mm -hmm. And that is a scary thing because what if the answer is no? You might think it's a fantastic idea, but what if nobody else buys it, you know, or gets or understands it? So certainly I've been through that many times, but you just, I don't know, you just kind of, I love Brene Brown. You just do it anyway, you know, be courageous anyway. Yeah. We love Brene Brown. Yeah. She's amazing. I feel like that woman has single-handedly changed my life (laughs) and I've never met her. So, (laughs) but yeah. I think the good thing throughout that whole process is definitely the clarity, right? I mean, I think Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, you know, we're always running in a million directions. So by, you know, pumpkin planning and honing in on what's right for the business and what's right for the people and the entrepreneur. I mean, it's the clarity that I think is like, you know, that sigh of relief. Right. Like Sabrina says, so freeing. And that's true. It helps you stop spinning your wheels. You know, you get a direction. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love that for you, it came out of seeing there was this bottleneck point for those business owners where they were getting stymied. And that's the point where they're growing and they need team and they don't have that dedicated HR person yet. And they're doing it themselves. That's very much how I came to write my book, How to Hire the Best. And when that came out for me, when I was doing my pumpkin planning and I was talking to the different business owners and I saw that that was the greatest need. And if I could solve that problem, then it would free them up to to like a four-week vacation, for example. And I was so scared 
to start writing that book because I thought, what if I don't discover any answers? What if there are no solutions for these small business owners? So it turned out really well. And obviously, it's turned out really well for you. You have a successful recruiting firm. You just helped one of our clients be able to make a critical hire, and they're now on their four-week vacation. So let's talk a little bit about your process and Mm -hmm. how you're different. Okay. Well, if we can, I'd like to start a little bit maybe by educating your listeners about how traditional recruiters work just for, you know, a couple minutes, because I think by knowing that, then it's easier to understand our difference. So traditional recruiters, and this is obviously not 100% of them, but this is just the bulk of the industry, really is kind of a sales-oriented industry and kind of a numbers game. And the way it generally works is that a recruiter will earn commission only. They're typically paid by commission. And they will spend a lot of time filling what we call a pipeline or a database full of candidates of one like type, one specific role or one specific industry that they'll focus on. And then a hiring company will contact them and say, hey, I've got this need. And the recruiter, you know, will go through some of the baseline skills, experience, you know, maybe even some aptitudes that that position requires. And then they'll do a data query in their database and they'll pull up some names and then they'll send those names on. And then, you know, when the hiring company hopefully hires one of these people, then they get paid. And they typically get paid a percentage of salary. And the the kind of average range in the United States is 20% to 35% of the annual salary of that position. So just to kind of put that in quick numbers, a 40,000, you know, annual salary would equal $8,000 to $14,000 to recruit for that role. It's expensive. And if you have, you know, $100,000, like a senior account manager or something like that, if you happen to be in that place where you're paying you know, someone eighty to 100000 that's going to cost you twenty to $35,000 to recruit for that role. So generally speaking, the traditional recruiting route is not accessible for small business owners. Well, no. And I want to kind of dig into this a little bit because I happen to hear a lot from small business owners that they have gone ahead and made it work. They've hired a recruiter and paid these really high fees. Mm-hmm. And then the team member doesn't work out. Right. And I think and- that's a part of your process that's a little different because you understand the need for the culture and the immediate right. cause to fit. Right. So can you elaborate on how you yeah. do that? And that is true. So uh, we are, that's one of the main ways we're different. I mean, our main differences are we're affordable and we focus on what, I, you know, quality. You know, if you think about those three things, price, quality, and time, right? We've all heard about that. In business, you, have, you know, can you have all three? Not usually, so you need to have two. So ours is price and quality. We really dive deep into our clients and their culture. Their, and it's not just... It's values, like you talked about, immutable laws. And then there's also what we call the personality of the business. When all of those things combined are a big part of the culture. So we really dive deep. We have a very extensive intake process. We interview the owner, the A-player employees. You know, we really dive deep and get to know them. And we discuss who's going to be a good fit for this role because sometimes the good fit isn't an actual mirror image of what you already have you know, it can be somebody who needs to bring in something to balance what you have. So we really dive deep and try to figure out that picture. And then when we recruit, 
you know, we're not just looking at skills and aptitudes and experience, which of course are important, but a lot of those things can be taught. But, you know, we go deeper into who that candidate is as a person. And our screening process is fairly extensive. And our phone screens typically are an hour to an hour and a half. And going back to traditional recruiters, they often will talk to a candidate for 15 minutes, you know, just to kind of run down that they know you know, just about their experience, right? So we ask deep questions. You know, we really ask some deep questions of the candidates. And then we want to know more about them. What are their goals? And, you know, what kind of an environment do they want to work in? And what kind of supervisor do they want to have? So we're really more matchmakers, I think, is how I like to think of us as you know, we're trying to really find a good fit. So it's not just a good fit for the hiring company, but it's a good fit for the candidate because our goal is that they stay with our clients for years and years, right? And become a part of their future. Yes. And, you Mm. know, as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm thinking for a business owner, how nice this is to have someone who's been vetted by you that extensively because the biggest question mark in a business owner's mind when they're interviewing is, I think they're a good fit, but it's just me. And I don't trust my judgment anymore because I've made these 20 other bad hires. And so having somebody who has a lot of experience in vetting candidates serve up a candidate that seems to be a good fit. And now the business owner is kind of just doing the final checks on that. That's huge. I was going to say, it's also, you know, really phenomenal that it's, you're digging into some of the non-traditional things outside of some other recruiting firms. So I had a recruiter years ago, not too long ago, probably three, four years ago, who I paid an exorbitant amount of money or two to find a project manager. So I think we paid around eight or $9,000. And, you know, they did come into the office and sit with some of our, you know, key employees and we identified the position, right? They worked heavily on the position and the details of the position, but not really understanding the personalities of the business and kind of what our culture was. And we didn't dig into any of that. So it was a very, you know, kind of, you know, almost mechanical type of experience that we had. So it's like, okay, you know, how do you want a project manager to be? Well, you know, we want him to be, you know, make sure he makes a lot of calls and he use follow-up and, you know, it's this, 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 but there wasn't the whole, psychological overlay on top of that. And then looking at the rest of the team and say, and identifying, you know, this person would be a really good fit from a personality perspective or not. And, you know, so it's, you know, coming from a point of pain because after paying that money, I had a project manager that was hired and then was supposed to start and never even showed up. And then we hired another guy who completely failed within four months. So I wound up spending money and ending up without an employee. So, you know, like what you're saying is awesome. I mean, it's resonating with me that that was the missing component. And it's great that your service has all of those other, you know, that you take it to another level and you're really, you know, doing the vetting and all those things. That's great. No, I just, I'm curious, Mike, did, when you had to hire the second time, did you have to pay the recruiter again or how did that work? Yeah. So it was actually like another like 3,500 bucks. So You know, it was one of those scams where I already invested so much money that it was, well, you know, we'll go out and find another person and we'll dig through, you know, the candidates that we have, but we'll also, you know, rerun the ad and put some more feelers out there. But I had to pay another 3,500 bucks for it. So, 
you know, I wound up spending all that money and it was a lot of time and it was super frustrating. It was like one of those purchases that was frustrating. The experience was frustrating. And at the same time, the needs of my business weren't being satisfied. Right. You know? Well, and I know as, you know, somebody who helps hire all the time that it really comes to the fit with the culture. And so if that's being totally neglected by the recruiters, it's a setup for you to have to keep paying them more and more money. Yes. So that's why I'm so excited about what Eric (laughs) is sharing with us about how their process works. It's a racket. I'm ready to go hire somebody. (laughs) A recruiter is a dirty word. It's a racket and it's a really tough, it is, you know, and it's frustrating to me. And I'll tell you the companies that cannot afford to make these kinds of mistakes are small businesses. You know, corporations, maybe they've got millions, billions of dollars and I, it's a waste, but they can absorb it. But, you know, a small business, a price tag like that can really, really affect you. And, you know, a bad hire can bring your entire team down. It can be cost so expensive beyond just money. You know, it can cause that toxic environment, Sabrina, like you talked, that then takes eight years to repair. I mean, it's... You have the toxic cleanup cost. It's a toxic cleanup is expensive. So (laughs) this is why this is so connected to our, to my, you know, the mission of eradicating toxic workplaces because this matters. Yeah. Well, and you know, the other thing that I'm sitting here as with my psychologist hat on listening to this is when you have invested, like at that point, Mike, you probably had about 14,000 into this after the second hire you feel like I've got all this sunk cost in this employee. I need to make it work. So as a business owner, you're much more likely to try and try and try. And that's where the toxicity just starts to grow and spread in the business. So Erin, tell us more. How else are you different? Because we're eating this stuff up. Oh, good. Okay, cool. So obviously all of that is, you know, the really for me in my heart of heart, why we're different. As you mentioned very early on, we're also very affordable because my passionate arena is small businesses, generally under a hundred employees. You know, they're my love. It's where I've often worked. I'm a small business. I just am passionate about this group and we're often underserved with support services like this. So I've tried to make it affordable. We do it on a flat fee basis. It has nothing to do with, you know, the salary of the candidate. We're just a one-time flat fee and that's it. And it's all inclusive. So yeah. And it's, I don't know if I should go and throw the amount out there. Is that something you guys generally do? Yeah. I mean, I know that our listeners are very eager to hear this. Okay. Okay. I think it'll make it, it takes down the barrier of them reaching out to you. Right. Yes. That's very true. Thank you for that reminder. So our flat base fee is $5,000 and it, like I said, it's all inclusive. So if you need an extensive job description written, the marketing piece written, if you haven't done Howard to hire the best masterclass yet and you need help with all that we do that and then of course we post the ad we screen the candidates we do background checks if there's any kind of testing i mean we just we do it all yeah and then and for that flat fee and then we have a deep discount if you are to hire more than one person at a time of the same job description so if you're hiring let's say three bookkeepers at a time each additional bookkeeper is just $2,000. So three bookkeepers would be $9,000. Yeah. And I'm a big proponent of hiring two or more people for a role for several Mm -hmm. reasons. But if you're growing and expanding and you can train two people at the same time, it saves so much time. 
so much time. And as Erin sharing here, it's going to save on recruiting costs too. Yes. And I think you've probably mentioned this, you know, if for some reason one of them doesn't work out, you are not left right with no one. Right. Have someone. And so I do often try to get people to do that if it makes sense financially and if it makes sense for their work, you know, if they are trying to scale, like you said, or intentionally trying to grow to do more than one at a time as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And the other little dynamic that gets going is they get competitive with each other right? and it furthers the learning process. I've seen that on our team in a healthy way. I try not to make it unhealthy. I try to, you know, like let's, somebody's done this and do you want to do that too? Yeah. And, And it just, it pulls, I think we're just naturally wired that way. We want to keep up with our peers and it, pulls Mm -hmm. that training process through a little bit faster. And that's, you know, the onboarding piece is if you're ramping people up slowly and the onboarding takes too long, that's money going out the door too. So anything you can do to shorten that. And when you're paying attention to the culture as you're hiring, that person is going to integrate or that the multiple team members that you're bringing on are going to integrate that much more quickly and smoothly if there's a good cultural fit. Yes. And, you know, because of that, you know, a lot of our placements, you know, I check in with my clients, even the ones that just needed one person, their very first hire, and they're not going to hire again for, you know, five more years, maybe, but our placements are staying in their jobs. We've got an incredible success rate for longevity. And I've got some employees I placed four years ago, and they're still there. And, you know, I think, again, that's a testament to that cultural focusing on the right pieces, the right components of this process. So there are two areas in a small business. If the business owner gets this right, you have the opportunity to have your profit be 200 to 10,000% higher than your peers in the same industry. Wow. And one of those areas is employee loyalty. Yeah. So if you can retain your employees year over year, you're saving all these recruiting costs, all the toxic, you know, all the intangible expenses that come along with toxic employees. You're saving all of that if you are building a strong, healthy team with a great culture. So I love what you're saying about your success rate with the placements. Yeah. And you know, that's funny that you say that, Sabrina, what you just brought up, because I have two kind of articles that I wrote that are freebies for your listeners on my website. And one of them is exactly that. It's eight secrets to ensure employee loyalty. And and it's dot, dot, dot. It's not the money, honey. (laughs) It's not the money. (laughs) It's not the money. So I'm really glad you brought that up because that is there. You know, it's a whole other topic for another podcast, you know, because it's so important. Well, I think we're going to have you back on, Erin. I, <laughs> awesome. I would love coming. it. We're going to talk about employee loyalty. <laughs> That's one of my favorite topics. I don't want to leave our listeners with any open loops because they won't be able to sleep at night. So I want to tell them the second thing that you need to have in place is customer loyalty. So if you can get customer or client loyalty in place and employee loyalty, and what's interesting about it is that the two go hand in hand. You have to have loyal employees to have loyal clients and customers. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about why I love referring people to you because I have my How to Hire the Best program 
And it is all about how to attract A player employees to your business and be highly attractive to the employees that you want in your business. And so I take them through an entire course online at how to, it's available at howtohirethebest.com. And they really learn how to position themselves as an employer of choice. But the hardest part is the getting the word out, you know, getting the word on the street out because those business owners are very short on time. They don't have time to recruit. And recently we had someone go through our program. They got all their stuff in place, a a tremendous video on their site that really captured their culture. They had talked, we had interviewed their key employees. And I love that you do that, Erin, because we want to hear how A players see the culture of the business and how they experience it. And we want to hear the stories they tell. And that part, the stories that they tell about the business is so rich for recruiting material. We can get that captured on video. It's very powerful because like attracts like. So if you can feature your A player employees on your website and your newsletters and your social media, Others who are out there who are like them are paying attention. And if they're out there bragging to their friends about, yeah, I have the most awesome job. I have the best boss ever. You know, we actually at the retreat we had here, one of our clients was sharing that they had an employee who had gone to the hairdresser, was bragging about their job and, you know, where they work to the hairdresser. The next day, the hairdresser has another client who's complaining about where she works and that it's an awful place and that she's going to start looking elsewhere. And the hairdresser says, you know what? I just heard about this really great place to work. (laughs) And, you know, that's what we want going on is the word on the street to be so strong that you have hairdressers referring employees to you. That's fantastic. I love that story. Yeah. So talk about how you have, like with the clients that we've referred to you, how have you built on the work that we've already done with them? Right. And you, you know, I will, I'm going to do my plug. I think your how to hire the best masterclass is fantastic. And I don't think there is anything else out there like it. So that, I mean, I really, I tell a lot of clients about it. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, all of that part about, defining your culture, your values, your immutable laws that you go through, and then how to get that message out there is just so spot on. And then what we do, especially with your clients, you give us clients that are so perfectly ready for the recruiting piece that I love that they're, they get it, you know, they really understand the importance of this. And so things that you've already mentioned, like social media, getting this message out on social media these days is critically important. It's a part of, you know, the employment brand marketing, which is sort of a newish buzzword in the recruiting industry. And I think you guys have talked about it on your podcast, I believe. Right. And so, and then how that homes into or how that funnels into the right kind of job marketing piece of the job post itself, you know, making sure that that job post truly reflects in every way you can interjecting that culture and those values and that what it would be like painting that picture of what it would be like to work there is what's really important in getting the right kind of candidates in the door. 
you know, and so, you know, I think you cover that a lot in your masterclass and for those, so for your referrals, it's often already something that is either in the process and we just have to kind of take it from there or for my clients that come to me who haven't gone through it yet. And, you know, that's one of the, we spend a lot of time there. That post is something we go back and forth with a lot. And, you know, that's, I think at the beginning of a recruiting process where you're really putting it out into the market, that's one of the key components is getting that job post right. So for a business owner who hasn't done the How to Hire the Best Masterclass, which by the way, the howtohirethebest.com, that's a free masterclass for you all. And if you want the in-depth course, go through the free masterclass because that sets the stage of everything that you need to be doing. And then there's a savings code that's offered in that webinar. So it's well worth your time to take, I think it's seven. 75 minutes and do that masterclass. But for a business owner who has not done that legwork and they're coming to you, how long does it take to do this background legwork to get them ready and get them to the point where you know you can successfully recruit for them? Yeah, that's a great question. And it can vary, you know, obviously, depending upon how accessible the owner is and the employees. I mean, everybody's got to make some time for this. But, you know, generally speaking, if everyone's quite available, we really can get this to the market or like posted within a week to 10 days. But that, you know, really means that when we get in there, the employees are available for their interviews, the intake, the owners available. Generally, our intake takes about two to three hours of their time. So it's a chunk that we have to pull out of their schedule to start. And then they have to be available for that back and forth conversation of honing in on that post and making sure that it really resonates and reflects the company culture. But, you know, we recruiting is you have to have patience in order to find the right people, but there is an urgency to it, right? I mean, it's something that you have to move on and get it out there as quickly as possible. So we really do focus on that upfront piece quite consistently to make sure that it happens quickly. Fantastic. So I know on your website, you have a solution (laughs) that our listeners are just going to be chomping at the bit to get at. And it really answers that question that I think so many of us have when we are in the interview process. We think we have someone that they're going to be a good fit, but pulling the trigger, especially if you're like Mike and you have hiring PTSD, right? pulling the trigger (laughs) is really hard. Right, Mike? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's hard. You know, there's something there with this hiring PTSD, Sabrina. You and I might have to talk about how to create a course to help people through this because it's true. But yeah, yeah, like how do you know in that moment? You're like, I'm pretty sure this candidate's great, but you know, I've made bad decisions in the past, or I'm just not 100% sure. Is that what you're referring to? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you know that you finally have the one right candidate and it's the one that you should hire? Well, I'll tell you, like you said, I have, I do have something on my website about that. And so for anybody who goes to my website at www.zephyrrecruiting.com, and Zephyr is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, recruiting.com. You'll see this button right there that has an article. It's called The Five Secrets That This Is The One. And to hire, that is. Of course, we're talking about hire. <laughs> well, it might work in the day <laughs> too. I, no. I just want to throw out that I in graduate All for 5000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, right? <I> <laughs> 
When I was in graduate school, I took a course that was on marriage and family and how you pick spouses. And we had to predict who was going to stay together long term. And oh my gosh. so much of what applies in the hiring world yes. applies to marriage. So I have confidence that probably this could help in dating and marriage too. You know, it's so funny because honestly, I do look to that industry because I think that's spot on. I do think that it's very similar to dating. It's very similar to relationships but in that same way. So don't knock it. I think it's definitely right. It's very true. And There's so another business we can do together, Erin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although my track record, I don't know on that. I think I might be a detractor. Maybe you should read my article and see <laughs> yeah. how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. do tell us. Well, so I don't want to give away all the secrets of that article, right? Right. right. I, right? So can you give us one? So I will say that they're not typically what you think. And the most important one that I will say, I will give away, and it's the last one on the list, but it's not the least important by any means, is trust is intuition. It's about your gut and it's about trusting your gut and it's about that intuitive feeling. And, you know, if you've done any research on intuition or learned about it at all, just about every successful person out there will say that they're successful because at some point or another, or many times they trusted their gut. Right. And I think that that is a really important part of picking the right fit. You can, you know, you do all the checks and balances of skill set and aptitude and you have them meet your team and the personality is there. But if you have even an inkling in your gut that it's not the right fit, just go with it and pass. Even if you don't know why, even if you can't put your finger on why I have seen too many owners talk themselves into a hire. And I just, I've never really seen it work out. Well, and you know, the other side of it is when I'm talking to a business owner who has had an employee quit or they've had to fire them, we always do a post-mortem and try to kind of mm -hmm. figure out when was the first time that you noticed something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking nine times out of 10, I hear, well, it was in the interview when I had that feeling, but I yep. ignored it. Yep. But I ignored it. Exactly. Yeah. There's actually a really good podcast episode on Kerwin Ray's podcast about intuition. So it's unlocking the power of intuition, but there's actually a super in-depth conversation about how intuition is definitely real, but in the scientific community, they say that it's, you know, it's because they can't measure it, they can't quantify it, but there's so many studies and all these different things that it really exists. And like you said, you know, highly successful people or people that are successful have used that intuition skill to get them to, you know, greater places. Really awesome. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. We'll try to link to that in the show notes, Mike, if you can send that over to me. I want to check it out. I do too. I know our yeah. listeners. So Aaron, so the title of this giveaway. The title that of that article is the five secrets that this is the one to hire that is. Okay. And, and you'll see it. Yeah. Your listeners will see there'll be a nice big button at the top of the homepage for your listeners. So it'll be really easy for them to locate and they'll just click on that. And there's that article. And then the one that we talked about earlier, which is the eight secrets to ensure, you know, employee loyalty. Wow. Um, so both of those are available to you. Okay. 
So these are really good resources, and I love that you're making it just for our profit designers. So Erin is making this very welcome. We're her special guests on her website. So go over there and grab that. Erin, I so appreciate this conversation today. I think this is going to be a podcast episode I send people to listen to over and over. Oh, terrific. I would love that. Definitely. And I have one more gift for your listeners. Oh, oh a surprise. I- I do. It's a little surprise gift. And it's just, if any of your listeners from the date that this podcast is live, but if any of your listeners really need some recruiting now and they become a client within the next 60 days, we will give them a full 20% discount (gasps) off their first Oh, wow. That is awesome. Yeah. That's so generous, Erin. Thank you. Well, I just, I love your clients. Aww. I love your audience. I do. I know who they are. Yeah, <laughs> so, they are good people. They are great people. A, a players great. hang together, Erin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I admit I'm selfishly would love them to become my clients. So I'm offering that. Yes. Awesome. So Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Erin. It's been so much fun. It was great. Thank you to both of you. Thank you very much. Profit designers, we are almost there. Episode 30. And if you've been listening for a while, you know what that means. We have a drawing coming up. We are going to be doing a giveaway of a copy of my book, How to Hire the Best, that I will autograph and personalize for you, as well as a copy of The Pumpkin Plan, which is my favorite business book of all time, and a Profit by Design podcast t-shirt. And you'll get to pick the color of your choice. You can have either pink or black. So if you want to get in on this drawing for these awesome giveaways, all you need to do is leave us an honest review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and then pop on over to our Profit by Design podcast Facebook group and let us know that you left us a review and we will enter you in the drawing. I can't wait to have our drawing next week and see who our winner is going to be. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Profit by Design podcast Facebook group. Share your thoughts on today's episode, ask us questions, and let us know what you want to hear about next. Visit our website at ProfitByDesignPodcast.com to access resources from our sponsors and tools we've created for you. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to right now. There's a subscribe button right there. Go ahead and hit it so that you always get a notification when we release a new episode. And finally, share our podcast with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. This is real life business. Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. You got this.